0: Welcome to Pelicanus Deep Dives, where we take a headline from a recent Pelicanus news episode and take a deep dive, just like a pelican, into the article and try to explain some of the more technical, nuanced, or complex ideas of the story to help us all better understand our world. While we will still release these as audio podcasts, this is really made for video as we will show diagrams, data visualizations, or photos to better illustrate the article's topics. Check out our YouTube page or social media to watch the video versions. In this episode, our host Harrison Parker, a Caltech doctoral candidate in atmospheric sciences, explains a recent technological advancement in carbon sequestration technology highlighted in the September 15th episode of Pelicanus News.
1: Hello, and welcome to Pelicanus Deep Dives. Today we are discussing the article from grist.org on the ORCA carbon removal facility discussed in the September 15th episode of Pelicanus News. The Orca facility is currently the largest carbon removal facility and is operating in Reykjavik, Iceland, on the Hellisheiði geothermal power plant site. It offers plans for individuals and companies to purchase carbon removal from the atmosphere at rates between $600 and $1,000 per metric ton. To fully understand why this facility is so interesting, we need to talk a bit about carbon storage on Earth. So where do we find carbon on Earth? Well, the short answer is everywhere. The global carbon cycle is critical to all life on Earth and dictates climate change. Carbon is stored in the Earth's crust, oceans, plants and animals, and of course, in its atmosphere. In the atmosphere, carbon exists in the gas phase, as molecules like methane or carbon dioxide. The carbon in the atmosphere is what a lot of the climate discussion is based on since the amount has been increasing from human-based activity for the last couple hundred years. We dig up carbon from Earth's crust in the form of fossil fuels, and then burn it, releasing CO2 into the air. Basically the opposite of the carbon sequestration we're going to talk about later. Carbon is also stored in the terrestrial part of the planet as life. Plants, animals, fungus, and the like are made up of carbon. Plants photosynthesize to take carbon from the air and essentially turn it into carbohydrates. We then eat them and store the carbon in ourselves, or breathe it out as carbon dioxide once again. This uptake of CO2 by plants drives the seasonal cycle that we see in atmospheric CO2. The carbon stored in vegetation is about the same amount of carbon as is stored in the atmosphere. Of all the carbon we emit to the atmosphere as CO2, roughly half is absorbed by the Earth's oceans, which has lessened the impact of anthropogenic climate change. Through interactions at the ocean surface, carbon dioxide is dissolved into the ocean, turning it into carbonic acid. The excess of CO2 absorption is driving ocean acidification, And the ocean is a huge carbon reservoir, which currently holds 50 times more carbon than is in the atmosphere. Finally, we have the Earth itself. Carbon is stored as minerals throughout the Earth's crust, and is by far the largest reservoir of carbon that we can interact with. It has approximately 100,000 times as much carbon as there is in the atmosphere. Not only is it the largest reservoir, but it's also the slowest to change. Mineral weathering, the process that gave us the Grand Canyon, takes a very long time and means that carbon stored in the crust will take a very long time to return to the atmosphere. Now that we know about carbon storage, we can talk about sequestration. In terms of sequestration, we are most concerned with carbon in the form of gaseous carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Sequestration is then increasing the flow from the atmosphere into any of the other reservoirs that store carbon on Earth. One of the most common ways of carbon sequestration is by increasing primary production. That is, planting more plants like in the case of reforestation. Here the carbon is absorbed by and stored in newly planted trees. This is quick and effective. but Plants can have a short comparative lifetime before the carbon is returned to the atmosphere. And ecological effects also need to be considered. This sort of carbon flux can also be done in the ocean by growing seaweed or algae. Now on to the method from the article. The ORCA facility is using a form of direct air capture that concentrates the CO2 and traps it underground where it can react and be turned into carbonate minerals, effectively speeding up the process as seen in mineral weathering. It does this by catching CO2 on a filter until the filter is saturated, then they heat up the filter chamber to release the carbon dioxide, mix it with water, and then pump the resulting mixture into the ground where it can react with its surroundings and transition into its mineral state for long-term storage. A key aspect to their approach That they run on renewable energy to ensure that their processes do not release more CO2 than they can sequester. They are able to sequester 4,000 tons of carbon out of the atmosphere per year, which is a great start, but there is a long way to go before sequestration can keep up with the atmospheric CO2 emissions. As the folks at Climeworks have pointed out, their facility is one of the many ways that can help to decrease atmospheric carbon. The the combination of carbon sequestration, renewable energy, and many other methods will be necessary to reach our goal of mitigating anthropogenic climate change. I, for one, am glad that the Orca facility is up and running, and I'm glad that we get to talk about it here. Thank you for joining me on this deep dive, and we will see you next time.
0: Your host for this episode is Harrison Parker. Producers are Harrison, Austin, and Taylor Parker. Music was provided by Picture Book Studios. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll talk to you next time.